Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise. By your power, we will go. By your spirit, we are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Good morning, good morning. It is, um, it's Wednesday. The 1st of November. Happy All Saints Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is All Saints Day. I'm giving thanks to God today for all the state, all the saints who from their labors rest. People who have acknowledged Christ in the past and on whose shoulders we now stand as the ambassadors of Christ in this generation. So give thanks today. When we say the word saints, we remember that every Christian is a saint. Uh, it's not just a category um, or a group of people acknowledged for um, some specific act by some human institution. Okay, so every Christian is a saint. Um, we need a little reminder of that. Uh, one of the Beveers wrote a book on that topic. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of Beveers, and so I can't remember exactly which one wrote that particular book, but it's called Saints, and it's on this topic that. Uh, taking every biblical reference where Christians in general are referred to as the saints. And so let's be mindful of that, um, and let's be the people who walk our faith out into the world that God so loves in ways that attracts the attention of the world in positive ways. Um, So today there is a heightened threat alert. Um, Virtually every leader of law enforcement um, in the country is issuing some kind of alert to those who work in particular communities or in particular um, segments of of our national life. Uh, The FBI is uh, on the forefront of this, but the Department of Homeland Security is engaged as well as the Pentagon. And so we got we got alerts from everybody saying, you know, there are there's a lot of threat chatter out there. And so um, this is just a baby, maybe you know, vigilance is the right word. This is a see something, say something day. This is a um, walk alongside those who are being threatened today. Um, we used to call it accompaniment. I don't I don't know if that's still like the lingo of the day, but when there is a person who is under threat, accompaniment is what the person like you or I, what what we do when we just walk alongside them. We're not the one under threat, <clears throat> but the one who is under threat needs someone who is not under threat to come and walk alongside them. It is amazing what a deterrent a second person is. And so today, maybe that is our calling as Christians. Maybe it is to walk alongside those who are under threat. This is not a time, well, this is, now I'll, I'll give you my opinion here. This is not a time for less speech. This is not a time for hiding. This is a time for more speech and for actually standing up and standing with and walking alongside those who are under threat um, today. And so at Cornell University, uh, just an update on that story because we've been talking some about uh, 
the open anti-Semitic activity on the Cornell campus. Uh, the person who made the specific anti-Semitic threats against Jewish students on that campus over the weekend has been identified and taken into custody. The Anti-Defamation League uh, said yesterday that data now shows a nearly 400 percent increase in reported incidents of anti-Semitic harassment, vandalism and assault since the Hamas terrorist uh, stormed into Israel on October the 7th. Um, And you may or may not have seen on social media pictures of places where people have spray painted the Star of David on Jewish homes or on the lockers of Jewish students or on the dorm room doors of Jewish students and or swastikas in places like bathrooms and um, public transit and some other things. So obviously the swastika is there to intimidate and um, produce fear. The Star of David is there as the way in which the Nazis marked the homes of the Jews um, in the days leading up to the Holocaust. And so you say to yourself, it's just not possible that this is happening in 2023. It's just not possible this is happening in America. Yeah, this is happening in America in 2023. And so how do we stand against this? How do we be the people who remember exactly what happened in the Holocaust and say, uh, not just say never again, but actually stand up and be the never again people while we accompany those who are under threat? Um. And you say to yourself, well, how bad is it? Like, I mean, what's really going on? Well, at Cornell, um, they were chanting, shoot all the pig Jews. Mm -hmm. A Stanford instructor uh, made Jewish students stand in the corner of a classroom saying this is what Israel does to the Palestinians. Um, These are just some examples of what is happening across the country. Um, What accounts for this? A couple of factors. Um, one is social media. TikTok is um, used by 20% of 18 to 24-year-olds across the country. And so the percentage of people who are getting their news from TikTok has tripled in the last three years. Take note of that. The percentage of people, and we talk about adults, we're talking about everybody over 18. And so the 18 to 24-year-olds is the segment of the population that we are specifically talking about. of them get their news from TikTok. Um, And the percentage of people that gets their news from TikTok has tripled in just the last three years. So about 20% of TikTok content um, is related to the Holocaust and in a denied or distorted way. That is crazy. That's just crazy. And you say to yourself, well, I've never seen anything on TikTok, but, you know, like, People showing me how to make a tortilla sandwich in my toaster. Yeah, that's because the algorithm isn't bringing you all the same things that is bringing those 18 to 24-year-olds. Um, they're not lingering over the, you know, how to, how to use my toaster to make a folded tortilla sandwich. They are using TikTok to get a sense of what can make them feel something. And right now, what the, what's making them feel something um, it are lies related to um, Palestinians and Jews and Israel. So uh, TikTok posts with the hashtag Stand With Palestine have gotten four times as many views as posts 
that used the hashtag stand with Israel in just the past two weeks. Um, so there is this thing called a threshold when you talk about collective behavior, and we have passed it. And so we are going to have to be people who stand up and stand with and speak out. And so this is a time for more speech, not less. Reach out, stand up, speak up, become informed, remind yourself what happened in the Holocaust and what what happened leading up to it, and look for signs of that happening again. And you're saying to yourself, well, this is very scary. This is very fearful, and I don't want to be a person who um, who lives in fear, nor do I. And I'm not going to live in fear, but the way that you cast out fear is that you be a person of love. And again, you stand up, you speak up, you incarnate the gospel, you move forward into difficult conversations, and yes, um, you, you do hard things. And this is going to be a time for Christians that is difficult, but no, nowhere near as difficult as it is um, for those who are Jewish. So you're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Our friend Bill English is going to join us next. We're going to talk about, uh, oh, well, that's, yeah, Paul says that's the next hour. Yeah, he's you and not going to join us and, yet. <laughs> you and I are going to hang out together here for a little bit longer this morning. And Bill English is going to join us next hour, which I'm obviously totally looking forward to. So uh, you're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. We'll be right back. Yes, there's the saints marching in. Good morning, saint. <sighs> I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Mornings with Carmen here on the Faith Radio Network. I'm a whole hour ahead of myself, so there, <laughs> so there you go. Bill English is going to join us at this time in the next hour, which I'm totally looking forward to. And we're going to talk about the values that we walk out in the workplace. So I'm looking forward to that. Hey, take a moment and look around. Look around, and you may say to yourself, well, it's, it's awfully early to be looking around. Um, but go ahead and look around. Do you see them? And then uh, how do you see them? As you look around today, I want you to note the people who others call hoodlums or freaks, homeless, immigrants, others. Do you see them? How do you see them? They have names and they have needs and they are each one precious in God's sight. Bob is tired and lonely and afraid, even though the lights where he lives are on 24 hours a day. He's never actually alone, but he's terribly lonely. Bob needs someone to visit him in prison. Rhonda is equally alone in the world. Everyone that she has known and loved has died or moved on. Um, Her basic physical needs are met. So sure, she feels human hands on her three times a day when they come into her room to make her move from her bed or her chair to the dining room, where then someone gruffly wipes her face when she shakes a little too much to be the lady she once was, and she needs someone to touch her in a way that's not required by their job, when they respond to an alarm in her room at the nursing home. She needs someone to brush her hair or just hold her hand, to feel human touch in a way that's not clinical. 
Lucas, he's covered with tats. Lucas walks in a way to make him a self appear bigger than he really is. He's never known a father. He doesn't exactly know how to be a man. Getting close to Lucas will not be easy, but he needs someone to try. He needs someone to hear what he's afraid to say. He needs someone to hear him over his foul language and false bravado because he's using those to hide his fear and pain. Ariana? <laughs> Ariana doesn't seem like she needs anybody or anything. She's, she's famous among a worldly few. She's got a huge following by the world's standards. She has influence that other, you know, other people want. But what are all these followers in a world of billions of people? All this exposure is exhausting. But her mom's counting on her and her friends are counting on her to pay the rent and get the backstage passes and live the life. Ariana needs someone to see her for something other than the things about her that attract all the wrong kinds of attention. Every single one of these people need the saints to come marching in today. Tommy is broke and broken. He needs someone, anyone, to notice how close he is to the edge. He thinks no one would even notice if he weren't here anymore. He needs someone, anyone, to give him any measure of hope. Tommy says he'd rather die than stand in the median with a cardboard sign. He needs a saint to come marching in today. Lori is a freshman in college. She needs somebody to walk with her to the kosher dining hall and to her class because the world has so radically changed in the last three weeks that she feels it has become hostile toward her. People are shouting on her campus and posting on social media. She is very afraid. She needs a saint to come marching in today. We often imagine that all people need is money to solve whatever the problems are that they're facing, but then we really actually all know that by our own life experience, that's not true. Money doesn't solve every problem. The lost need someone to seek them. The wounded need someone to heal them. The imprisoned need someone to visit them. The grieving need someone to weep with them. The lonely need someone to walk with them. The outcast needs somebody to see them. The forgotten need someone to remember them. And everyone... Everyone needs someone to love them. If you are in Christ, dear saint, if you know the love of God that comes in flesh to break down every dividing wall of hostility between us, if you know that love comes to seek and save the lost and heal and gather and empower and encourage and bless, if you are in Christ, dear saint, you are a conduit of his grace, a literal missionary of his compassion to those that he called sheep without a shepherd and upon whom he had great compassion. So, dear saint, what do you have today that you could give, a kindness you could extend that would cost you nothing but the grace you've already received? Today's Growing Your Faith verse of the day is about giving out of our financial wealth, but it's also about being rich in good works. Good works is how treasures in heaven are stored up. So on this All Saints Day, let's consider both the generosity that God intends to flow 
from the financial resources that he has set us stewards over that are stored up in the here and now. And let's also consider how the saints can go marching in today to share today with those in need that, yeah, we might be rich in good works in the kingdom economy of God. So today's Growing Your Faith verse of the day comes from 1 Timothy six seventeen. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud, not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. So, dear saint, are you ready to share with others today the grace that you, in turn, have also received? You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show we do on the Faith Radio Network every day. There is a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources waiting for you to take advantage of and share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. Be sure to check us out on social media as well. Um, This is a community of believers, and we gather together here and We all need prayer, and, well, we'd love to pray for you. The Faith Radio team is serious about prayer. We pray for specific requests every single week when we gather on Tuesdays and Thursdays as a staff. So share your prayer request with us anonymously and securely on our website at MyFaithRadio.com, and then be assured of our prayers for you in the Spirit of Christ. Check it all out at MyFaithRadio.com. Eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four. That is my number. I would like you to text me what Halloween candy you're having for breakfast. <laughs> what what Halloween candy goes best with coffee on the first of November? That is really the question. There's no question, uh-huh. Carmen. Eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess, Paul Perot, that your answer is Reese's peanut butter cups. Definitely. Am I right? Yes. Mm-hmm. That has a protein in it. That's like practically, that's like a yeah. it's protein. M, straight up M&Ms are what happened to be uh, sitting on my desk right now. Happy But pills. if they had a Happy peanut pills. in them, if they had a if they had a peanut in them, then that would be like a full, there'd be protein in there. How about those, those new almond ones? I feel like anything with uh, a yeah. nut in it this morning, you know, obviously. Almond, they've had almond ones year, on and off through the years. They just mm-hmm. keep them on the shelf. Kim says almond joy. Yeah, that's good. a friend. A friend. If you're if you're our friend in the eight six zero area code that texted in, could you tell us your name? Because my it's not popping up on my screen, and that makes me sad. Uh, David in North Dakota says Reese's. I, that does not surprise me. I feel like David is driving around delivering the mail, um, and with tons of Reese's peanut butter cups. Mm-hmm. T- totally one hundred percent. Oh, it's Nicole in eight six zero. Is she the? It, so let's see, Nicole in eight six zero. Uh, take five. <gasps> that is that's like that's like a practically a full meal. The take five. Yes. It's got everything. Um, Kim, Almond Joy, David, Reese's, Mary, something with nuts. I, get, I don't think something with nuts is this. This is not a, an actual thing. So Mary, leftover Halloween candy. <laughs> what is the leftover Halloween candy? Uh Oh, Kathy says I completely forgot about Halloween. Oh, until I got a knock on my door. So what did you give them, Kathy? And see, this is what interests me. Are you are you ready 
to give something when somebody knocks on the door? Did you like go get a can of soup off the shelf? Like, what did you put in their bag when they knocked on the door and you were not prepared for Halloween? <clears throat> uh, Walt says Twix. Mm-hmm. So right now I in my kitchen, I have some leftover Twix, leftover Skittles, leftover Smarties, gummies. What else is in there? Rice Krispie Treats, um, cotton candy, Hershey's bars, and um, and M&M's. That's what's left over from our Halloween distribution situation. But I like these answers that have that include like um, that include coconut. See, the people that gave out mounds and almond joy, there was like almost. Yeah, that's almost a complete meal. It's so good. Skittles. Those are fun. Um, uh, baby Ruth. All right. Nice. Payday. Payday. That's a nutty one. Thank you, Andrew. All right. Almond Joy, Baby Ruth. That's Mary. Kathy says, uh, they were very understanding. All I gave them was a wave. <laughs> okay. You know that the trick or treating, you could have been, you know, you could have been subject there to, uh, some tricks. So good, good news for the trick or treaters that visited Kathy, knocked on their door. She has, she gave them nothing but a wave. That's all right. Vance. Oh, Vance, sesame sticks dipped in peanut butter. I'm going to I'm going to Vance's house in Duluth. Sesame sticks dipped in peanut butter. Yum. All right. Um, so you can you can keep the uh, info rolling in 877-933-2484. Leftover Halloween candy for breakfast. <clears throat> yeah, I've got M&Ms on my desk this morning. Uh, they go nicely with my coffee. What are you having? Um I'm going to share with you something that's going on in Nicaragua, uh, just going ahead and confessing that, um, you know, our attention has been largely trained, necessarily so, um, rightly so. Our, our attention has been rightly trained on the Middle East and even on Ukraine. Um, and we don't want to lose sight of, um, of what is happening beyond our southern border, but in, in Central and South America, there's just a lot uh, going on, so I want to I want to brief you in on what's happening, what's been happening in Nicaragua. So there's a dictator there. His name is Daniel Ortega, and um, in August, uh, his troops, his militia, raided the home of Bishop Rolando Jose Alvarez, Alvarez excuse me, Alvarez Lagos. So Bishop Alvarez and nine other men, um, most of whom were Catholic priests, uh, had spent two weeks, the prior two weeks, rationing food and water because their, uh, the home in which they were in was under siege by Daniel Ortega's thugs. And they finally w- w- were, became weary of waiting, and so they stormed the house, and Bishop Alvarez posted a desperate message Um, On social media, hashtag SOS, hashtag urgent. At this time, the National Police have entered the Episcopal Rectory um, uh, of our diocese. Um, Six months later, 222 political prisoners languishing in detention centers were removed from their cells and deported where? To Washington, D.C. Now, I, I knew nothing of this. This took place last year. I knew nothing of this. Um, and so um, Bishop Alvarez refused to leave. He's, this is my country. These are my people. This is where I am called to serve. 
He refused to leave, and um, he is now serving a 26-year prison sentence. For what? Being Catholic. He has been charged with, quote, organizing violent groups and inciting them to carry out acts of hate against the population with the aim of destabilizing the Nicaraguan state. Now, clearly that's not what Bishop Alvarez has been doing as a Catholic bishop in Nicaragua. Um, and this is just one illustration of what is happening in Nicaragua as Daniel Ortega wages war against Catholics. And the Catholic population makes up 45% of the population of Nicaragua. So um, uh, let's be praying for Bishop Alvarez. Let's be praying for others wrongfully imprisoned in Nicaragua by dictator um, Daniel Ortega. And let's be pleading uh, on on their behalf before the Lord, yes, but also that God would use them in those prisons to reach others for Christ and that God would use this as a witness and testimony um, to others to, uh, to stand up and to come forward and to plead their case. Okay, um, thank you to those of you now jumping in. Um, uh, oh, Jill is looking for the source um, of the TikTok quote. I will send you that. Hey, anytime you hear me say something and you're like, I'd like to know where she's getting that from. Um, I'm always happy to uh, to pop the link um, out to you and um, and let you know exactly where the information is coming from. That's no problem at all. You can always text me, 877-933-2484. Today's little uh, text question um, for those of you who want to participate, um, you know, are you having leftover, leftover Halloween candy for breakfast? Um, if so, what is it? Reese's Pieces, says David. Uh, Bob, um, oh, Bob's not having a breakfast this morning because he's going to have a medical procedure. And so, you know, he's doing that whole fasting after midnight. I still don't, I think if you crammed sugar, though, last night during Halloween, I think those blood tests this morning, no matter even if you fast uh, from midnight on, I don't know that that's going to settle itself out. So uh, there you go. Um, all right. So thank you so much again for listening to Mornings with Carmen. I love the opportunity to gather together to joyfully consider what is happening um, in the world and also seriously consider what's happening in the world. So I hope that is the way you experience this. This is like serious joy. We do. We, we are people of serious joy. Um, and so next up, Ruth Kramer is going to brief us in on some things happening in other parts of the world with believers today on this All Saints Day. So how can we pray alongside believers in the Holy Land? Um, what's going on with saints in South Korea as they uh, seek to reach people across the border in North Korea? And then, yes, let's be sure we get an update on what is happening with Christians in Ukraine. All of that up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Our friend Ruth Kramer is joining us from Mission Network News. You can find what we're talking about today and lots of other coverage of what's happening around the world at missionnews.org. Good morning, Ruth. Good morning. How are you doing? Well, um, I'm seriously joyful. The joy of the Lord is my strength, but these are serious times in which we live. And so I think that's probably where you live most of the time, in serious joy. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, when we cover stories that are hard, 
Uh, we always try to bring out the hope aspect of what's going on. Um, it brings us great joy to see how God is working uh, through some very difficult circumstances. And and that's what we're really trying to do is communicate um, what's going on in the world so that the body of Christ can come together, you know, find their place in the story and um, and make his name central. So you've got a story um, at Mission Network News, missionnews.org, about SAT7 and how they are um, calling on believers uh, alongside Christian leaders in the Middle East, calling on believers to, quote, stand in the gap as a voice for peace, justice, and reconciliation in the midst of um, what has become full-blown war in the Holy Land. Um, talk, talk with us about how to pray alongside believers today in the Holy Land. There's a lot of things um, that uh, most of the partners that we, we have been talking to about this region um, have been encouraging us to look at this situation through biblical eyes and walk alongside the believers that are affected in these areas um, and just to uh, continue to pray, lift them up in prayer, pray that our sovereign God would be glorified, pray for God's peace, um, pray for the hostages and the suffering civilians, pray for the body of Christ, Big C Church, for the international leaders that are trying to make decisions. Uh, we're talking about the the secular leaders, the leaders of the heads of state, uh, and that uh, they would be inspired by wisdom, um, compassion, and a desire for just peace. Um, praying for healing and unity um, for the next generation because this is their childhood, basically, that is being affected and disrupted by what's happening here. So be praying for the next generation throughout the region that they will turn their hearts to Jesus instead of the legacy of violence and hatred. Um, we want to pray for um, the ministries that are working in this area, you know, the Bethlehem Bible Colleges, the um, Palestinian Bible Society, the Israeli Bible Society, Global Catalytic Missions, um, SAT-7, uh, Uncharted Ministries. Again, these are all organizations that are are directly um, seeing impact of this conflict on on their ministry, um, and it's it's something where it is disruptive. It's uh, disheartening because of what's happening. Um, it's distracting because of the politics. Um, if you want to know, really, you know, like if you want a list of things that you can pray through, SAT7 does have that list. We've linked it in the story at our website. So please join us in, in this prayer effort. Um, the SAT7 actually launched a um, a prayer initiative through their um, SAT7 Arabic channel and asked pastors in the region to join them um, leading a two-minute prayer uh, so pastors from all denominations have joined in on this prayer effort uh, to encourage the body of Christ. And for those who are also seeking, uh, searching for hope um, through this program, they they tune into the satellite television program and they see something that's a little bit different. It's a different sound in the conversation than the rhetoric that they're surrounded by uh, otherwise. And, and with, you know, the idea of the shelling and um, and people being displaced and not being able to go anywhere. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of fear. Um, and so people are searching for hope. And SAT7 tells us that um, more now than what is normal, uh, they've had their support team um, 
extremely occupied through the the prayer line and some of the other uh, normal interactions that they have with the audience, those lines are constantly filled with people who are just saying, please pray for me. How do I find this peace that you talk about? Tell me more about Jesus. So this is an opportunity that I don't think we were, we would say we weren't expecting because we kind of were, but yet not through this, this kind of a conflict. This is not a conflict that we said we were hoping for something like this. Um, but God is turning some of these things into an opportunity. Um, we're hearing from friends who lead trips, um, you know, to Israel, uh, to the Holy Land. Um, every every tour uh, agency has canceled every trip um, inbound to Israel through the end of the year. And so, you know, Colette was the first tour operator to announce it, but then uh, TTC Tour Brands and Perio and Kensington, that's basically all. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't really matter what smaller group you're going with. They're probably go- going through one of those larger um, tour organizers. It- it's the loss of a whole industry for people who um, are dependent upon visitors coming to the Holy Land. And November is traditionally the busiest month for um, for travel and so in addition to the ministries and to the Christians on the ground in these in these places, I'm thinking, Ruth, that there are these layers of impact and effect. Um, kid, there, schools have been um, completely um, suspended. School's been suspended. And so in, you know, when you talk about the next generation, you talk about kids and you talk about ministries like SAT7 that are reaching through technology into people's lives, um, and when I'm thinking about then all of these people who are dependent upon Christians to come, and now we're not going, um, reasonably so. It just, I just, there's just so many layers to this, and and so many ways to pray, and then so many ways to mobilize our financial gifts through ministries that really are on the ground meeting needs um, on all sides of the conflict. And so I appreciate that about um, what you're bringing us. You're not just bringing us um, information and storylines on one side of um, of this conflict, because there are not only believers um, across the region on both sides of the conflict, um, but there is ministry to be done among the least of these, no matter who they are, because the overwhelming um, victims in all of this uh, are, are children. It's it's just extraordinary. And a generation from now, they're going to be adults, and we're going to be living with what, what we did or didn't do today. I think that's an interesting perspective to keep in mind. You know, as we look at ministries that we can come alongside, there are all kinds of things, all kinds of opportunities that are available. Um, but there are ministries that are uh, that are working as quick as they can to get resources ready for the next generation. Keys for Kids is a perfect example. They're Good trying example. to get, uh, you know, a, a devotional translated as quickly as possible to be able to send them um, to meet some of these needs that the churches are expressing. And it takes time and it takes resources. So this is, a, you know, an opportunity. Um, it is an opportunity for us to find our place in the story because there are so many opportunities. You know, if you don't know where to go or what direction to pursue um, in get, coming alongside a, a ministry, start with prayer and ask God to really help you resonate with one thing specifically. And then listen mm-hmm. for that. 
watch for that. Um, and as you respond to those kinds of things, you can start finding more ministries, more things that will support that uh, so that you can get involved, that you can uh, be the hands and feet of Christ, even though your body can't be there. That's so good. I'm going to ask God, where do you want me to give? Where do you want me to invest? Um, how do you want me to listen? What do you want me to tell? Like, those are just, we, we have so many resources um, beyond the financial ones. The financial ones are really important, um, but we have resources like our own platforms, whatever those are, um, and the stories we tell there and the invitations that we make and the way we invite other people to take notice and invest in um, in what he's doing in these spaces and places is really extraordinary. Again, um, the the headline at missionnews.org is how to pray alongside believers in the Holy Land. In there, you will find the link to Sat7's Pray for, for Peace in the Holy Land um, suggested ways to pray list. And, um, and it's a wonderful guide to ignite and fan the flame of our prayers um, today. Let's, let's pivot to a completely different part of the world, Ruth. Um, South Korea has overturned a law restricting uh, North Korea outreach. T- tell us about that. I wouldn't necessarily say North Korea outreach. It did have an effect on it. But really, this kind of goes back to the efforts of uh, Seoul to try to push for inter-Korean engagement. So when South Korea was trying to play nice with North Korea, they were conceding. They were giving a lot of concessions to North Korea to try to foster communication and open uh some things that have been really shut down for for generations now. Uh, and and so one of those things in 2020 was a law that was created in South Korea that criminalized the sending of uh, propaganda leaflets into North Korea by balloon. Um, and so that was something that was in place to try to foster more open relations. And really what it comes down to is the law was challenged um, and the constitutional court uh, struck down the law um, late September. Uh, They called it an excessive restriction on free speech. So when we look at the impact of this, uh, our partner is Voice of the Martyrs Korea, and they have only ever Launched, used balloon launches to send Bibles over the border, um, but unfortunately, because of the the type of uh, application that the anti leafletting uh, anti leafletting law um, had, it had a direct impact on their uh, their work um, because it, you know the Bible or any passages of the Bible could be perceived as propaganda by North Korea, and that has been the case. Um, with this Libla law overturned, it kind of shifts the uh, enforcement to the local police. And what's interesting is that VOM Korea has always been very open about how they've been doing what they've been doing, and they've been in regular communication with the local police in South Korea when they're going to launch uh, balloons um, with this this particular um, uh, with Bibles attached to them. And they've because they've had a good relationship, because they've been above board, um, they the police have been very cooperative in the past. There was some regret when the law went into place uh, in 2020, and um, there was 
a lot of discussion on uh, what could and could not be done. And VOM Korea just had to pivot and find a different way to do what they were doing. Um, in this case, now that the law has been overturned, you know, the police have been helpful again. Um, they actually advise VOM Korea on where where they think the balloon launches would be most effective. Which is interesting because, you know, when you're looking at uh, the legal perspective and you're looking at persecution, you look at the response from North Korea to this kind of thing, you wouldn't really think that the police would be uh, interested in advising uh, a ministry like VOM Korea on how to effectively launch their balloons. But that is what, in fact, is happening. What's interesting here is in 2000, the Database Center for North Korean Human Rights was studying uh, different human rights elements in North Korea. And by their calculations, they said that no no North Korean inside North Korea had ever seen a Bible with their own eyes, which can't be true because VOM Korea has been launching Bible portions for a long time. But today, Eric Foley, uh, who's the director of VOM Korea, says that more than 8% of North Koreans have actually seen a Bible with their own eyes. That's about 1.65 million people. That's an estimate because um, the exact population of North Korea is kind of a state-guarded secret, but that's what their best estimation is. Um, and when you can see the impact of 1.65 million people who finally laid eyes on what the, what the Word of God is actually saying, um, you can see the potential for change. It's still dangerous. North Korea is the worst persecutor of Christians in the world, according to the Open Doors World Watch List. So um, if you're caught with Bible portions, with the Word of God, the, the punishment is severe and immediate. Uh, usually it involves an execution and not only of the, the person who is uh, uh, holding or owning that uh, propaganda or the, or the Bible portion, but also family members out to um, maybe second or third generation. Uh, so it is it is a strong response, and yet people who get the Bible are excited for it because it brings them hope that they haven't ever heard before, and it, it counters so many of the things that they're hearing that they want to know more. So there's a Absolutely. thirst and a hunger in, in, so, in North Korea. Yeah, we're going to actually continue on this topic for just a minute because I want to read a couple of paragraphs. Um, to to everyone who's listening about um, about the situation there. But we got to take a very quick break. We're talking with Ruth Kramer from Mission Network News. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Hi, I'm Carmen LeBurge, host of Mornings with Carmen. Time together as people of faith is so important, and together we can make a positive impact. So Faith Radio is ready to hit the road. Would your community be a good fit for a Faith Radio live event full of encouragement and togetherness? that we can spur each other on toward love and good deeds, nominate your community for a live faith radio event at myfaithradio.com. And I hope to get to see you soon. Continuing our conversation with Ruth Kramer from Mission Network News. Um, when we talk about the Bible being in the hands of people in North Korea, um, I think that we have to remember that it was something like 140 years ago that um, the the Ross Bible, which is a version um, of the Bible expressly designed for Korean Christians, um, it's the first time that uh, that, that Bible was um, distributed uh, to people in what we would now call North Korea. And so when we think about the Bible being accessible and when we think about um, somebody saying that zero, you know, effectively zero percent of a current population has never seen a Bible with their own eyes, 
Um, when you talk about somebody effectively seeing uh, the Bible, I just want you to just think for just for a moment, like when was the last time you held one in your hands? And then if you thought about everybody in the culture where you live, how many people effectively in your own community have never seen a Bible with their own eyes? Like a Bible Bible, um, not not a verse um, on a billboard, not a verse on a bumper sticker, not a verse on your T-shirt that you're wearing around town. How many people in your own community have never effectively seen a Bible with their own eyes or would know how to turn to the Gospel of Luke? So, um, you know, the the fact that now statistics are telling us or surveys are telling us that somewhere around 8% of people inside North Korea have now seen a Bible with their own eyes, that is really extraordinary. Um, and just maybe consider the world that you're walking around in today and the percentage of people who will take advantage of the fact that the Bible is so readily available in our culture, but often totally ignored. So, Ruth, I wanted to, I just wanted to capture that thought before we moved on from there um, to Ukraine. Yeah, one final thought on this. Um, when asked what we could do to help, the underground church didn't actually ask for food or freedom. They asked for tools so they could continue and expand the work of proclaiming the gospel. So that's just something to keep in mind. Uh, they know full well the risk that they're running. Uh, VOM Korea knows the risk that they're running, and yet they're asking for tools to expand the work of proclaiming the gospel. Mm. Um, let's uh, let's quickly pivot to Ukraine because what is going on in the Middle East uh, is actually affecting American support for Ukraine as well. So can you brief us in on what is happening with believers there? Well, this came about because we saw a survey that showed that American support for the Ukraine war is actually dropping. It's down like 11 percent from a year ago. Um, and, and our partners there uh, in Ukraine and Russia, Slava Gospel Association, say that um, negative perceptions and, and just the longevity of the conflict of the war um, uh, could actually have impact on Ukrainian ministry support. And he says that um, now is not the time to step away from supporting the churches because they're being salt and light. They're mm-hmm. um, being trained right now to take the gospel back into uh, back into their their hometowns and and to serve churches. To it, it's more than just taking the gospel. It's it's learning how to shepherd the bodies of Christ that that are there. Um, in fact, there are so many um, Christian leaders who are interested in being trained to take the gospel back and to shepherd their churches that at the uh, Erpin uh, Bible Seminary in Ukraine, they've got more students than rooms. And so people are just staying all over the place. They're staying in business offices. They're staying in extra rooms that are storage rooms on the seminary grounds. They're staying in churches nearby, cleaning things out just so that they have a place to lay down so they can rest and then go back to their classes because they really, really want to be trained in order to be able to be servants. Um, They want to go back to their churches and minister because there's so many people that are coming to the churches now because war and uncertainty in this mm-hmm. kind of conflict um, create this this need for uh, a hope that is unshakable and peace that is unshakable. It's inexplicable. And, and they're seeing that come through uh, in the body of Christ that exists in those areas. So it's, now, it's very now, apparent right now. Yeah. Now is the time to step forward and support churches in Ukraine. The Slavic Gospel Association is going to give you access to ways to do that, and you can link to them 
through Mission Network News. Um, the piece there on uh, on supporting Ukraine um, is going to give you all the links to all of those relationships. Lu- uh, Ruth, thank you so very much. All right, friends, that is that is it for the first hour of Mornings with Carmen. Um, in the second hour, we're going to talk with our friend Bill English about um, the values that we demonstrate and live while we are at work. And then we're going to talk about um, what what kind of principles we would live by to lead gracefully and love generously. What does it look like to be a person of relationships um, over rules? And so uh, a personal testimony in relationship to that in the next hour, even as we bring the mind of Christ to bear on the rest of the headline news of the day. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.